Hey guys, welcome back to the talk show. Um, This episode I'm recording now, it is Thanksgiving Eve, if you want to call it that, Wednesday evening. Um, Right now, as I'm recording this, uh, I I don't know if you follow me on Twitter, which you probably don't because there's like three of you. Um, (laughs) If you follow me on Twitter, you know that Anchor is down today. So if this sounds a little funny, I'm just using the regular recorder. I don't have a microphone. I'm not professional yet, although I think I sound professional. Um, so right now that's what's happening. Uh, if it sounds a little funky, I apologize. Hopefully it'll be up and running in time for me to get this episode out on Thanksgiving. I want to try and get it out by tonight or tomorrow morning. So hopefully those little issues will be fixed by then. Um, and once I'm here, shout out to Anchor. They've been awesome. So let me plug them right now. Yeah, so I got that out of the way quickly. That's good. Um, Okay, let's preview this episode a little bit. I do want to talk a little more NBA as free agency is heating up. Lots of things are going on. It's funny. I talked about how much I dislike the NBA, and then I come on here every single episode, and I talk about the NBA. So I have an interesting relationship with the NBA and basketball in general, and I'm going to talk about that in an episode. Maybe next episode I want to do that. If I don't do football in the next episode, we'll see. Maybe that's what I'll do next week instead of football, switch it up. But today I want to start with the football. What am I going to do today? I called it 3-3-3. I want to do this a lot because um, basically I thought last time I did football, I recapped the whole week before I did a full power rankings, and that just took way too long. So today it's going to be what I decided to call 3-3-3. I don't know if I'm going to continue calling that. I need a good name for it. It's I'll explain it right now. So I'm going to do three storylines from this past week. The three tiers of NFL teams, the best teams in the league I'm going with, and three games for next week that I'll, maybe I'll pick the game, um, but are just three game previews of what I think will be the best games and really storylines going into next week. So that's what it's going to be. Triples? I don't know. (laughs) You come up with a good name. So I guess to my parents and wife who are the last ones left listening to this podcast, uh, You guys can think of a good name for that. If anyone else is listening, you're more than welcome to think of that one also. Um, But I'm just kidding. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there listening and enjoying right now because I think this is really good. And I I said this last episode I thought came out really good. I thought even uncut, unedited, it came out really natural and I didn't even script it. I didn't write down notes. This episode I did write down some notes of what I wanted to talk about. Um, But again, I'm still feeling it out. It'll be a process at the beginning. Um, so if you're along for the ride, lucky you, because when I'm big and famous one day, um, you're going to be like, yep, I was a day one. And if I'm not big and famous one day, if it just kind of never takes off, I'm going to keep doing it. We'll see how long I last, but I'm going to still do it for a while because I really enjoy just talking about sports and just talking in general. I could talk about a lot of different things. So um, this is one of the things I talk about, and this is what I chose to do. Um, that's not to say that I won't go in other directions or have many other podcasts in the future, but that's a story for another time. Let's jump right into the football right away. I'm going to call this the Thanksgiving special because it's talking about football. Football is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is football. Unfortunately, this year, Thanksgiving football will suck. Nobody wants to watch any of those games. We got the Washington professional football team, and the Dallas Cowboys in that poop flecta of a game. 
Um, and we have the Lions are playing the Houston Texans. So that should be pretty bad. So overall, terrible games. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. But last week's games did not disappoint. All right, so that's what I'm going to get into now. And my first storyline of the three storylines, because we're starting with the three storylines from last week, like I said, the first storyline is about the Tampa Bay Bucks game. Everyone's been talking about it the last two days. I've seen Colin Cowherd talking about it a lot. I've seen a lot of people uh, blaming Bruce Arians. Stephen A. Smith was blaming Bruce Arians. Whether it's blame or I don't know what you want to call it. There's been a lot of people doing a lot of different things. But most of the blame has been deflected from Tom Brady. I just want to say, Tom Brady's not bad. Bruce Arians is not bad. They're fine. They're going to be okay. They will be in the playoffs. They're a good team. With Breeze out, they could still win the division. I know that the Saints looked great on Sunday. I think you know, they put together a very particular game plan for that game with Taysom Hill in that quarterback can Sean Payton do it three, four more times? Yeah, probably till Breeze gets back. But as of right now, Tampa Bay's in a decent spot. Not just a decent spot. They're in a really good spot. They have all the weapons in the world. Um, defense is excellent. You got to give credit to that defense. I did not give enough credit to that defense when I spoke about them last week. And they're just a really good football team. And Tom Brady is still the GOAT. Again, I hate betting against Tom Brady. To say he can't throw a deep ball and Bruce Arians needs him to throw a deep ball for this offense to work. Okay. On one of the deep balls, it went off the tips of the fingers of Antonio Brown. We're talking about probably an entirely different game if he catches that and runs that in for a touchdown. I mean, so many different things. It's a game of inches. And what's always remained true in Tom Brady's career is when you pressure him, he's not as good. The recipe is to pressure him. Now, most teams can't pressure him enough. He gets rid of the ball so quickly. He reads the defenses so well that you can't pressure him quick enough before he gets the passes off. But what the LA Rams are able to do is something that no one else in the league can do, which is rush three guys or rush four guys because they have, I don't know if you've heard of him, they have someone named Aaron Donald on their defensive line who takes up two to three offensive linemen on every single play. They rush two or three, three or four and they still get pressure, and they drop everyone else back in coverage. They get tons of pressure on Brady, and he doesn't have enough time to read the field when there's seven defenders back there, eight defenders sitting back there. So maybe instead of putting all the blame on Brady or all the blame on Bruce Arians or saying this is not going to work, just kind of give some credit to the Rams. If you watch that game, that was an excellent game plan by the Rams. Jared Goff played an incredible football game. I know he had those two picks. One, obviously, was just not a great read by him. You don't throw that ball there. He was anticipating. The pressure was in his face, and he just tried to get rid of it. And JPP got his second pick in as many weeks. Same number as pick, of picks as uh, Jamal Adams has in his career. So that's fun. A lot of people are having fun with that. But Tom Brady is fine. Tom Brady will be fine. They're going to be good this year. They'll probably win a playoff game at least. Um, and maybe they know what they're doing. Maybe they're smart, actually. They don't want to win the division. They want to get the five seed. You know who plays? You know who the five seed plays in the first round of the playoffs? They play the NFC East winner. So maybe not the worst thing in the world, although Brady didn't look great against the Giants, but he's not going to look bad against them a second time. So 
maybe they know exactly what they are doing. And as far as Brady not shaking Jared Goff's hand, obviously he left and he knows he's not dumb. But I saw all the comments are he avoided him. He refused to shake his hand. Maybe he didn't refuse. I mean, he ran off the field because he's pissed because he's a sore loser. It's what makes him a great winner is the fact that he's a sore loser. So Jared Goff was looking for him. It wasn't like Jared Goff went over to him, stuck out his hand, and Tom Brady rejected it. No. Tom Brady ran off the field because he was upset that he lost, that he threw a pick late in the game that cost his team the game. And he doesn't like that. So he ran off the field and didn't see Jared Goff. That's all there is to it. So that's my first storyline. Brady's fine. He's not bad. He doesn't stink. Arians is fine. He doesn't stink. This team will work it out. People forget this is a new team, new players together. Brady's been in one system his whole life, with one coach his whole life. And even though he is the greatest of all time, you got to work it out. Because he is the greatest of all time, they will work it out. Bruce Arians is a great coach as well. And that defense led by Todd Bowles is an excellent defense also. So I wouldn't be too worried about this team. But you got to remember, no OTAs, no training camp, no preseason. Everything was shortened because of COVID. So I think this team will be fine. And I'm not, I'm not going to keep making excuses. The record speaks for itself. What are they, 7-4 and four now? They're fine. I mean, they look really good. They looked amazing last week. I mean, that's, that's that. There's nothing else to really talk about. That's the first storyline. So I like to paint a picture for you guys when I'm recording these podcasts. And this dark room has kind of become my studio. So where I live, the rooms don't have light fixtures. The switch in the room just kind of leads to one of the outlets. And you got to figure out which one and then put a lamp in. Um, or you could put in your own light switch and I guess figure out the wiring and all that stuff. I'm sure a lot of people do that, and it's pretty basic. I imagine a lot of apartments are like that, but I never put a light in this room. <laughs> so we have a little lamp, uh, but I sit in this room, and it's my dark little office, and that's where I record the podcast. So almost every time I'm recording this, unless I'm doing a car episode, and I like how I coined that term, car episode, where you clearly hear that I was in the car last episode, but I was driving and I wanted to get some stuff off before the Monday, the Sunday night football game. Sorry. So that's what it became. Um, anyway, that's that. So the second storyline, back to the second storyline. Second storyline is this, and this kind of relates back to the last thing that I just said. There are only two MVP candidates right now. Everyone likes to talk about MVP candidates, and the storyline coming into the year was Russell Wilson. The storyline kind of after that one game last week was Kyler Murray. We talk about this guy, talk about that guy. The storylines are all dead. Everyone can take their storylines and go home. There's one MVP candidate that everyone knows should be the MVP candidate, and that is Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to tell you another one. Aaron Donald. I watched the game on Monday night with a friend of mine, and I was explaining to him how a quarterback can control the game. He can control the tempo. You saw the Rams did a lot of stuff where they would come out of the huddle late and then run up to the line, or they'd run no huddle at all. And stuff like that. You control the tempo of the game. You could run the ball. Um, you could slow it down, speed it up, however you like. So that's generally a quarterback can do that. And he's really the only one on the field who can do that. But there's someone in the NFL who's not a quarterback. And he controls everything that happens for his team. And he ultimately determines a lot of the time whether they win or lose. And that is Aaron Donald. And I'll explain. Aaron Donald's an interior defensive lineman. He's not someone who you would expect to control a game the way he does. An interior defensive lineman is there to 
take on two guys or really just plug up the middle, plug up one of the holes, stop the run, and enable the outside lineman to get pressure to the quarterback. Not only does he not only do that, which he does all of that stuff that I just mentioned amazingly and incredibly the best in the league, he himself gets pressure to the quarterback. So when he's pressuring the quarterback, it ends up taking two to three guys to not stop him because you can't, slow him down, and then all they need is two, maybe three other guys. They all have one-on-ones, sometimes even a free rusher if they send someone late, straight at the quarterback. It disrupts the entire offensive game plan. They can't run the ball because he stops the run perfectly. He plugs up the holes. There's only one hole. And they plug it up perfectly. When he's taking up three guys, he never misses a tackle in the run game because he's the best interior defensive lineman in the league. But not only does he do that, he pressures the quarterback, lets the other guys pressure the quarterback. When he's not pressuring them, they have three guys on him. Sometimes there was a play where there were two guys on him. He slipped, actually, on his way to the quarterback. Brady had to throw the ball early. Brady had to throw the ball early all game. And this is why I said that's the recipe to beat Brady is to get pressure on him. Well, if you can get pressure on him and you can sit back in coverage simultaneously, it's impossible to beat. This team could be a legitimate Super Bowl contender because of Aaron Donald. This team goes as far as Aaron Donald goes. That makes him the most valuable player in the league. LA's offense controlled the tempo of the game, not only because they ran little tricks on offense. The Bucs couldn't control the tempo because they can't run it. You can't throw the ball because there's pressure. Essentially, Aaron Donald is the one controlling the game. An interior lineman is controlling the game. That's why he should be in the conversation for MVP. And the other guy who's in the conversation for MVP is obviously Mahomes. I mean, I'm speechless. This guy just, there's nothing he can't do. When he got the ball back to drive down the field to go win the game, was there any doubt that he was going to get that done? Not only go and kick a field goal to tie it, that he was actually going to go with the go-ahead touchdown and win it? I mean, it was so simple to me. When he threw the pick, everyone was shocked. Doesn't that tell you something? This guy is beyond anything we've seen. It's crazy that a guy doesn't have a bad game in his career. He hasn't had a bad game in his career. Not for a full four quarters. I've said that in the past. The guy's remarkable. He's just unbelievable. And it's who knows when it ends. It's going to end at some point. At some point, it, you can't keep this up. But is it going to be 10 years? Is it going to be three years? It's been three years already of just absolute dominance. No bad games. Uh, I don't know. I mean, enjoy it while it lasts. We will never see anything like this again. Not in any sport. The guy is unbelievable. Every single game at this position to do what he's doing is not normal. He should win MVP every year. We could say that about LeBron in the NBA. We could have said that you know during his prime. A lot of people wanted to make that argument. It's not going to happen because they like to give it to different people. And obviously he was hurt last year. Lamar Jackson was incredible last year. So I'm not saying he should have won it last year. But this year, I think it, you got to just hand it to him. But I still wanted to make my point about Aaron Donald because I think he should be in the conversation and he's probably not in the conversation as much. And if you say, well, he's an interior defensive lineman, he doesn't really control the game as much as... No, he does control and that's what I want to explain. So that was the second thing. The third point that I wanted to make 
is I have a few teams here. And the question is, are they legit? Number one is the Indianapolis Colts. They win again. They beat the Packers. They overcome some, some adversity. They play terrible on that last drive of the game or their last drive for regulation where all the holdings and basically gave Aaron Rodgers the ball back. But they're legit, right? I mean, their record says they're legit. They look legit. They beat some really good teams now. We got to start saying, hey, this team is really good. So that's the first team. Second team is Las Vegas. Now, Las Vegas lost, but they lost to Kansas City on the last drive of the game to Patrick Mahomes, like I just mentioned. Prior to that, they looked incredible. They looked like one of the best teams in the league as well. Derek Carr looked amazing. John Gruden's really got this team buying in. Like I said, they have the big boys up front. They control the tempo of the game. They control the trenches. That's how you win football games. And Derek Carr looks back to himself, back to his original form before he got hurt. I've said that countless times on here. So are they legit? Are they a contender? And the last team is the LA Rams that I just talked about. So the Rams just beat the Bucks, And a lot of people were talking about how it was Brady and he stunk in the second half and it's the Bucks. But I just told you that the Rams are really good. And maybe that's not all about the Bucks. And if Goff doesn't turn the ball over twice in that game, who knows how much they went by. Um, so those three teams are three teams. Now, it, Las Vegas has Kansas City in their division. The Rams have Seattle and Arizona in their division. So th- neither of those teams might not win the division. Indianapolis looks like they might win the division, depending on what they do this week against Tennessee which we'll talk about soon. The question is, are these teams legit? And I mean legit, are they Super Bowl contenders? Can they win the Super Bowl? Now, every team has their shortcomings. LA doesn't really have a running back. Um, They've been kind of mixing it up back in the backfield out there. Goff threw the ball over 50 times because of it. Goff can be inconsistent. So some games he'll just turn the ball over too many times for you to win. Las Vegas... I don't really see a major flaw with this team, honestly. Like, the team looks really good. Their defense, I guess, isn't great, but they looked good enough against the Chiefs, and that's the Chiefs. And Indianapolis, again, veteran quarterback, kind of slowing down, limited. But they've overcome it to this point. He's looked good. They were down in that game. He basically had to rally them back against the Packers. So it's fair to ask these questions right now. Can either of those three teams... Do you see any of those three teams making a deep run in the playoffs? I think that's a fair question to ask yourself right now, and that is my third storyline from this past week. The next part. So we did three storylines. Now we're doing three tiers of NFL teams, and here's how I have them. I have my favorites, then I have the contenders, and then I call them the non-pretenders. People have the contenders and the pretenders. I didn't do any pretenders because it's too late in the season. We... These teams aren't pretenders. They're teams that are going to go to the playoffs, most likely, um, depending on how it shakes out in each league, um, in each conference, sorry. But they're not at the level of Super Bowl contenders. And it's all Super Bowl, you know, based on the Super Bowl. So I have my Super Bowl favorites, my Super Bowl contenders, and my Super Bowl not pretenders. So they're not the contenders, but they're not the pretenders either. Let's start with my Super Bowl favorites. Super Bowl favorites, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. I've just talked nonstop about them and really just about Patrick Mahomes. And that's all there is to talk about. I mean, the rest of the team is great. Travis Kelsey is the greatest tight end ever. He's head and shoulders above any other tight end. Trust me, I took him in fantasy. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) 
that's been pretty successful for me so far. He's head and shoulders above the next guy. Um, so there's a lot of other components to that team. Andy Reid's offense, their defense is good enough. You know, there's a lot that goes into that. But at the end of the day, it's Patrick Mahomes. I've talked about him a million times. The second team in the contenders, or sorry, the favorites, my Super Bowl favorites, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. How could you not put them in there? This defense is one of the greatest we've ever seen. Big Ben has played really well. He might be a sleeper for MVP. He's definitely a sleeper for comeback player of the year. I don't think it's sleeper. He's one of the favorites. He's not been the storyline because the whole team's been great, but they throw the ball more than anyone. I think they do need to run the ball a little bit more. Um, That would help them a lot. But Ben's good enough. I mean, he's not turning the ball over. I think they should run it more, and he's throwing it a ton, and he has good receivers out there. They run a lot of trick plays, and listen, those two teams are obviously the favorites. Now, it's interesting. If you look at that, so I have the two Super Bowl favorites are both from the AFC. One of those two teams, if not both, will not make it to the Super Bowl, but at least one of them will not make it to the Super Bowl. So that'll be interesting to watch, but I didn't feel comfortable putting an NFC team in. People love the Saints. People pick the Saints at the beginning of the year. I'm not sold on the Saints. Uh, I know a lot of people are. I'm just not. That's a personal thing. That's how I feel about the Saints. But that's just my opinion. So let's move into the second tier, which is the contenders. Now, while I don't think the Saints are Super Bowl favorites, they are definitely Super Bowl contenders. They still might be the best team in the NFC. I'm not fully sold on them. But they're definitely part of the Super Bowl contenders bracket in which I have the Saints, the Green Bay Packers, the Seattle Seahawks, the LA Rams, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Let me explain myself about the Buffalo Bills. I want to start there because some people have questioned me about that on my last podcast where I did the full the full power rankings. Um, the Buffalo Bills, there's always that one team that comes into the league at the beginning of the year that no one's really expecting. Some people have high hopes for them. Some people don't. They're heavily defensive usually. They have great defense, great coaching. And they make a splash and everyone's like, hey, where the hell did that team come from? If you think about it, that was the 49ers last year. What, they win five games the year before? Less? They were really bad the year before. They got Bosa in the draft. So they weren't very good, obviously. So Buffalo could be that team this year. I don't think they have the running back to do it necessarily. Maybe there are some shortcomings. Josh Allen has his shortcomings. But there's a lot that that team can do to make them go far. And they could be that team that comes into the league this year and is like, oh, wow, are they still good? Are they still not good? And it seems like we might be asking that question through week 17 of the season. Are they good? Are they not good? Even if they go 12-4, and we might still be asking those questions. But there's a team like that in the league every year, and then eventually they go to the Super Bowl, and you're like, wow, I guess they were legit. I mean, so that happens. We've seen that before. This wouldn't be the first time we see that. Um, The other team that I feel like is a Super Bowl contender is Seattle. That Their defense is terrible. How can they be a Super Bowl contender? Um, Well, again, Russell Wilson. Carlos Dunlap ended that game on Thursday night, so they got reinforcement on their defense. Their defense does look better. Uh, Jamal Adams has too much talent not to figure it out. He will figure it out. He'll be back. I know I like to make fun of him on here, but he'll be fine, unfortunately, for me and other Jet fans. The LA Rams, you have to put them on here. They just beat Tampa Bay. You put Tampa Bay on here because they have Brady and that offense is stacked. The defense is stacked. Bruce Arians is a great coach. You're not going to bet against them. LA Rams, 
just beat them. And you see what they look like when Jared Goff plays decently. Um, and I thought Jared Goff plays really well. The only reason I'm saying decently is because he had the two turnovers. Um, and Green Bay's on here again. Aaron Rodgers is incredible. And they lost this week, but you saw what Aaron Rodgers can do in a two-minute drill. Unbelievable. Um, they might need to work some stuff out, but they're good enough to go to a Super Bowl. They're good enough to definitely win a Super Bowl this year. And I think it's between a bunch of teams in the NFC. I could really see New Orleans, Green Bay, Tampa, Seattle, LA Rams. I could see them all coming out of the NFC. Whereas in the AFC, there are those two teams. And then the next level maybe is Buffalo. And so if you look at that, that kind of tells you a story that, okay, the NFC, there's these five teams that any one of them can go out, come out and go to the Super Bowl. That's really interesting. It's going to be fun to watch down the stretch. We'll see how they all fall out. But at this point in the season, pre-Thanksgiving, that's what it looks like. Okay, my third tier is the non-pretenders. That's what I called them. And let's start. It's Baltimore, Tennessee, Indianapolis, Las Vegas, Arizona. And I put Cleveland and Miami in here as well, just because if you look at their records, they are really good. They do have a really good shot of making the playoffs. Um, Now, if you think about it, I mentioned two teams that are not going to make the playoffs because you go KC, Pittsburgh, and then Buffalo. They're all division winners. Either Tennessee or Indianapolis is going to win the division. You think Baltimore and Tennessee or Indianapolis will be a wild card team. And then there's Las Vegas if they add, you know, the seventh playoff team, right? Am I counting that right? Would be Las Vegas. Yeah, the last wild card, the third wild card this year. So that leaves two teams, and I think Miami and Cleveland will be those two teams who do fall out of the playoffs. But we could get to a scenario where Tennessee, Baltimore, Cleveland, Las Vegas, one of those teams that looks really good right now won't make the playoffs. So it's really interesting as we come down the stretch. I think they should just put one of those teams in the uh, NFC playoffs and knock out all four NFC East teams, which I have all four NFC East teams as the non-pretenders because... While they are definitely pretenders, they are terrible. One of them is going to make the playoffs and have a chance to have a home playoff game against either the Bucks or whatever, whoever it is. And by the way, if it's the Giants or the Cowboys, and hopefully it comes down to those two teams because they play each other in Week 17, and boy, would that be a hell of a matchup. Um, if it comes down to the Giants and the Cowboys or whoever it does come down to, if Carson Wentz somehow figures out a way to turn it around, which again, he has too much talent to be bad. Maybe just sit him for the rest of this year. He's good. I think he's fine. He obviously looks terrible this year, and I think a lot of it is mental, but who knows. Um, But if it comes down to two teams like the Cowboys and the Giants and they get a little momentum, whoever wins that game in Week 17 will have momentum and a home playoff game. You might be looking at that and saying, okay, we have to go to Dallas now and win or freezing cold New York and win, those teams might win that game. Obviously, they'd be heavy underdogs in that game. But don't put it past them, so you kind of got to put them here. I don't know. The NFC East is a joke, and it sucks. So those are my three tiers. Again, I have the favorites, which are Kansas City and Pittsburgh. I have the contenders, which is Green Bay, New Orleans, Tampa, Seattle, the Rams, and Buffalo. And then the non-pretenders, Miami, Cleveland, Baltimore, Tennessee, Indianapolis, Las Vegas, Arizona, 
And then the entire NFC East, I don't know who's going to come out of there. I hope it comes down to the Cowboys and the Giants. So we did the three thing, two of the three things now. We got my storylines from last week, my three tiers, and now we're going to come down to my three games for next week. Okay, three games to predict for next week. I wanted to do a Thanksgiving preview. I want you to hear it Thursday morning and think about being full of turkey and stuffing and stuff to the rim with food and all that and be listening to me talk about who you should bet in the football games and thinking about my terrible picks. But no, the NFL would not give that to us this year. They gave us terrible games. And then the one good game we had got flexed out. Um, I was actually really excited for that game. Everyone was. And I'm, of course, I'm talking about Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I'm still going to talk about that game, even though it's not going to be played on Thanksgiving anymore. Um, that is obviously one of my three biggest games of the week. Um, I picked up Gus Edwards in fantasy because J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram both have COVID or are both on the COVID list. And so they're not going to be playing. Oh, wait, no, we pushed it to Sunday. We pushed it to Sunday and now they might be playing. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, they voiced their frustration on social media. This is not the first time this happened to them. But again, the league is being cautious. I think the league handled it the right way. The league doesn't want to do this. This sucks for the league. They would have had a primetime game, amazing game on Thursday night. Thanksgiving makes them probably one of the biggest money makers of the regular season for them. And they have to push it to 115 on a Sunday. I can't, I'm sure NBC can't be happy. Um, but sometimes that's just how it happens. And you got to go with it. So to think that, you know, Pittsburgh is blaming the league and saying, hey, you guys are screwing us. It's not the league. It, I know it's not your fault, Pittsburgh, and it sucks for you. But unfortunately, sometimes that's the way it goes. Pittsburgh is four and a half point favorites in this game. And obviously, I don't want to get bet against Pittsburgh again. But I really think Baltimore will have a chance not only to make this close, but Baltimore needs this game to stay on track. Even to keep up with the Cleveland Browns, they need to stay. They need to win this game. The Browns play the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. We know how bad the Jaguars are, although we also know how bad the Browns are. But at the end of the day, you keep winning games if you're the Browns. It doesn't matter how bad you are. It doesn't matter how bad Baker is. You're going to play in a playoff game, and you'll edge out the Baltimore Ravens for that playoff spot. So... I mean, hopefully for the Baltimore Ravens' sake, they can jump. Maybe this is the game they figure it out. Maybe this is the one that gets them jump started for the rest of the season. Um, and it's against a really tough team, so they're gonna have to play really well, and that's gonna you know. But you have to beat tough teams in this league. That's how it works. <laughs> so that's the first game. The second game I want to talk about is Tennessee and Indianapolis. Last time Indianapolis made Tennessee look stupid because Tennessee's special teams was the worst I've ever seen in my life. Um, it was on a Thursday night, and they looked dumb. And this is a are-they-legit game. Both these teams, the question is, are they legit? Is either one of these teams really that good? Are they for real? Um, I know I didn't put Indianapolis in this category earlier. Or, sorry, I put Indianapolis, and I did not put Tennessee in this category earlier. But it is worth asking that question for Tennessee. Tennessee was... One of those teams that was really fun to watch at the end of the year last year. Derrick Henry and that defense and a bunch of guys doing that stuff. Ryan Tannehill um, turning into a totally different quarterback than he was in Miami. It was really fun. I mean, that was a really fun team to watch and a really good team. And they looked like that team again against Baltimore. 
They were fiery. They had attitude. They came back in that game. They won that game. That was a fun, fun game. Now can they do it two weeks in a row? Now they need to do it against a team that has a great defense, a team that beat them, a team that made them look kind of stupid last time they played each other. Indianapolis is favored by three and a half. I'd like to see a good fight, at least, by Tennessee. And whoever wins this game, I think you could say, is legit. If Indianapolis wins again and makes them look stupid, then maybe Indianapolis is still not legit. I mean, they're legit, but maybe they're not Super Bowl contenders yet because Tennessee might just be a joke, although Tennessee just beat Baltimore. But is Baltimore a joke? I mean, Baltimore lost to the Patriots, who stink. Let's not forget that. The Patriots actually stink. The Patriots just lost to the Texans. They almost lost to the Jets, and the Ravens lost to them. How did the Ravens lose to them? Speaking of how did a team lose to another team, how did anyone lose to Nick Foles ever? That's going to be the Sunday night game. They should just flex the Pittsburgh-Baltimore game to Sunday night and move that back to be the 115. So uh, I just thought of something. I thought of this as I'm recording this. So that's actually would be a good idea. Memo to the NFL. <laughs> if anyone from the NFL office is listening to this, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, and please tell the people at NBC, the kind people at the NFL, Roger Goodell, uh, if you want to get me on the phone, you're making a mistake. Baltimore and Pittsburgh should be playing Sunday night and Green Bay and Chicago should be playing in the afternoon because Green Bay should totally roll over Chicago because they don't have a quarterback because Nick Foles stinks. I think, I don't even know if he's playing. He's hurt. Um, and I think. Mitch Trubisky's also hurt, I've been told. So who knows what's going on in that game. But hey, that's a good, that would be good. And the third and final game uh, is Kansas City and Tampa Bay. Here's why I think this will be the best game of the three games I mentioned. Tampa Bay doesn't have two bad games in a row. Tom Brady doesn't have two bad games in a row, I should say. He's going to come out fiery. He's going to want to shut up all the haters. He's going to want to throw the first play of the game, a 50-yard bomb downfield to Mike Evans or Antonio Brown or Chris Godwin or to Gronk or any other, any other of their amazing receivers. And speaking of receivers, another thing that I didn't mention before, if his running backs can receive a pass and not drop it every time, that game was also very different because that would offset Aaron Donald a little bit. That is one thing you can do get him over pursuing to the quarterback and just dump off a screen pass, but they couldn't hold on to any of the screen passes. They tried doing that and his receivers dropped all of them. So that really kills everything else that you're going to set up. Anyway, that's a side point that I should mention. Um, But Kansas City is amazing. They're feeling high. I don't think Kansas City can lose to anyone, but they do lose games. This they're going to lose probably at least another game this year. Maybe they go 15 and one, but they'll probably go 13 and three, something like that. I didn't see their schedule, but this feels like a game that, hey, maybe they'll actually lose. Maybe Kansas City does need to lose a game, and Tom Brady and Tampa Bay really do need a win. So it's a good spot. Um, I think it's going to be a really good game. That should be a great game, um, and that's all I got. So those three games, those are my three games. And again, the three tiers... The three games, three storylines from last week. If you have a name for it other than 3-3-3 three, three, and three, or whatever, let me know. I'm taking any suggestions. So that's that. 
Um, so I want to start doing that, like I said, uh, every week. So instead of doing power rankings every week, maybe I'll go back to power rankings, but my football recap might be the 3-3-3. Okay, I will do an NBA episode because right now it's 1 a.m. I just finished editing the previous segment, which was the football segment. Um, I'm done with that. I'm going to re-listen to this in the morning, and then I have to post it. Because Anchor was down, I did not get to the NBA. Um, So that's that. I will do, maybe I'll do two podcasts on Sunday and then see when I post them. Uh, I'll do an NBA show. I'll do a football recap, maybe another freestyle type thing. I think they're going to be both car episodes. I'm going to be driving. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. That's the podcast for now. Thank you for listening. Again, share it, tell your friends, leave a review and rate it on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. That would be awesome. And until next time, see ya.
with you when you go. We said you can't.